0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Humans of InfoSec, Emerging Voices. My name is Vanessa Sautter, Security Strategy Analyst at Cobalt.io. Today, we're joined by Liz Halwaga, a Cybersecurity Analyst at Deloitte in Toronto. In this episode, Liz opens up about her recent journey into InfoSec. I have a feeling her experience will resonate with many of you breaking into the field. As always, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Liz, we're so excited to have you on the show today. And we just wanted to open up by asking, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where are you based right now? What are your passions and your interests? so I was born
1: and raised in Toronto, and that's where I currently am. But I actually just moved back here after 10 years. I moved around uh, Canada quite a bit. So for university, I went away for five years. Then I went to Vancouver for four more, and then Calgary for a year. InfoSec basically brought me back home. Outside of InfoSec, I'm really into aerial arts right now. So stuff like um, silks, what's called something called cord lease, that's smooth rope in English, um, and aerial straps. I try to stay fit and it's really hard to do when you're trying to focus so much on learning new things. But I feel that other forms of exercise I can't really completely put myself in the zone. Like when I was weightlifting, for example, I'd always feel the pressure of listening to podcasts. So I'd feel productive. Mm-hmm. But with, with silks and um, poop and all these things, you're really forced to pay attention to what you're doing with your body. And yeah, I really like it. It's really enjoyable.
0: That is really, really cool. So can you tell me, what is your current role right now in InfoSec? and you know can you explain a little bit about about what you do
1: on a day-to-day basis sure um, i just started as an analyst at deloitte but i'm eventually going to be focusing on vulnerability management and cloud architecture that role may change over time but that's what they're envisioning um, my role at the company for now right now i've been put on a project that they've been working on for it looks like three years and it's super cool to see just how detailed and how much time and effort they put into implementing a cybersecurity program into large companies.
0: How did you end up deciding on Deloitte? You know, what were the factors for you in in choosing a consultancy?
1: Uh, As cheesy as it sounds, I feel like Deloitte chose me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My journey's been pretty, what's the word for it? My journey's been pretty, my journey's been pretty back and forth. I didn't actually think about InfoSec until much later on in life. Um, I started off um, studying biochemistry as an undergrad student. Along with my studies, I've always been interested in um, politics and philosophy and economics. So I listened to podcasts like that in my spare time. And eventually they were talking about Bitcoin. Hmm. And I had no idea what it was, but it sounded interesting. I looked more into it and eventually I stumbled upon something that didn't sound like gibberish and that was asymmetric cryptography. Mm. And it seemed really cool to be able to exchange essentially electronic cash without a middleman, like without a bank. It's just from your wallet to yours, just like cash. And um, I always had that at the back of my mind. I actually took a couple hundred dollars out, which was quite a lot for a 19 year old at the time. And I bought some Bitcoin off of somebody at a bar that I just met off a (laughs) forum. Yeah, it sounds pretty weird. (laughs) Um, And I finished my undergrad. I went to grad school in Vancouver, but that definitely wasn't for me. So I left and I started um, trying to think, okay, what else should I do? Um, I really like computers. So um, let's try a couple boot camps, a couple uh, hackathons and see what happens. I eventually stumbled upon a C-sharp course and I did that over a weekend, learning how to make stuff in virtual reality. Eventually that same company hired me to help them out with marketing and sales in Calgary. So I moved there and I was listening to podcasts about virtual reality and um, the guy was really interested in The privacy aspects of virtual reality, you're collecting a lot of data about people's, you're tracking people's eye movements, tracking um, all sorts of things about them, biometrics. A lot of companies don't think about how to secure their users' data. They're just thinking about how to use it um, Mm. for their products. And the more I looked into it, the more it freaked me out. And eventually I said, I really care about this stuff. Um, Maybe I should take the leap and do that as well. I tried to do it part-time, but I wasn't really, I had one foot in too many things. (laughs) And so I decided to um, eventually do it full-time. I moved back to Toronto in April and I did a certificate program in computer security. That eventually led me to a whole bunch of things. Right after I finished my program, I went to DEF CON, Black Hat and B-Sides. I went to a bunch of other local things. I met all sorts of people. I eventually got some freelance contracts for pen testing. Awesome. And one of the guys that I um, did a sub- subcontract for recommended that I um, look into Deloitte because he knew that they were hiring. Fast forward, that that's where I ended up today.
0: That's amazing. So Deloitte found you, but you also were just getting completely immersed in InfoSec as well. And obviously our uh, have a tremendous aptitude in the field. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Deloitte would be interested in in snatching you up. This is, you know, a question that we didn't list, but I'm, I'm curious when you were growing up, did you have any interest in computers or was it something that, you know, you sort of fostered an interest in when you were doing biochem as an undergrad or where did that, where did that interest begin to surface for you? As a teenager, um,
1: I was interested in computers, but um, it was just because technology was rapidly changing back then. Like I remember using dial-up mm-hmm. and um, Google wasn't even Google. I think the search engine I was using at the time was Ask Jeeves <laughs> stuff like that. I remember at one point making websites, like really bad websites on Angel Fire and GeoCities, <laughs> but I didn't actually know I was coding. It was more like, I just want to be able to um, like, make this image scroll through the screen or make my favorite song play while um, somebody's browsing. Um, yeah, so I learned essentially HTML, CSS, and JavaScript just by looking through forums, through um, uh, different sites that would teach you how to make your website look better. I don't even know why I really ditched that. I, one day I just stopped. I think it was after I realized that science or at least scientific research wasn't for me that I started to think about what I used to do as a kid and mm. what that might lead to.
0: So great. So what did you first expect when you entered the industry? I mean, even before Deloitte, when you were getting into pen testing and you were starting to attend conferences, what was that like for you at first?
1: I definitely expected it to be hard. And I wasn't wrong, (laughs) Um, yeah, because once I started my program, I realized I don't even know how computers work. Um, I built computers a couple years ago, just trying to understand where all the pieces fit, but I do not actually know what each of the parts did and how they all work together. And uh, for me, that was the biggest hurdle. And it really blew my mind because I use these things every day. And yet, I have no idea how it worked. Even just the internet and everything that goes into um, making things run smoothly, or even just sending data—it's—it's it's nuts. And I wouldn't actually say that I'm even an expert. I wouldn't be able to tell you from start to finish even today. But hopefully, one day I can. I also expected cybersecurity to be specialized. Mm. Like I thought cybersecurity was a specific thing in IT, but turns out that cybersecurity is actually pretty general. There's so many more things, like I got exposed to it first through cryptography and that's only one part of um, cyber. There's policy, there's access management, there's governance, um, forensics, and obviously coding, but um, securely. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think that was one of the most surprising things about cyber is that there's just so much to it.
0: I I totally agree with you. And it's funny, I was just talking today with Caroline about the same realization that you have, which is just how amazing it is when you think about how computers actually work and like the networking protocols behind them and the fundamentals that actually make InfoSec the field that it is now. And there's just so much to learn and you, know, you could spend days or months or even years studying it and, and feel like you haven't even touched the surface. So what has surprised you the most about InfoSec now that you're in the field?
1: I'm surprised at, well, just how welcoming the community is. I expected everyone to be a bunch of nerds and um, (laughs) people who don't really socialize, but there's so many things going on. Like in my city alone in Toronto, I think there's six different meetups dedicated to cybersecurity. That's Mm. not even counting tech in general, like coding and stuff. Just because I've been in the scientific community, I've been involved in politics and I feel like InfoSec has everything. They have stuff for professionals and stuff for hobbyists. I really like like the hack spaces in particular where they teach um, 3D printing and soldering and stuff like that. Oh, and another thing about cybersecurity is that you can do stuff in the physical realm and also like in the virtual realm. And I think that's really unique to this
0: industry. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely surprised me as well, just how friendly c- people can be here. So Liz... What are some of the challenges that you faced entering the industry? I think a
1: lot of the challenges I faced in general have been Um, (laughs) self-imposed, just putting a lot of pressure on myself to keep doing more. And because I came into cybersecurity later on in my career, I, I still deal with this where I feel like I need to catch up with everyone, but the reality is that there's always so much to learn and it's better to be able to really absorb the fundamentals. And that makes it easier to understand the more complex concepts later on. Mm. And I feel like I have to keep relearning that every day. And as well, when I was transitioning into cybersecurity, there were a lot of financial struggles that came with it just because, um, After I finished school, I didn't really know what to do afterwards, and I took on a bunch of part time jobs that were paying minimum wage. It was also to the point where I held three jobs at the same time, and sometimes it was literally 24 hours straight. So I would come in the morning um, working at this film studio, um, regular nine to five, and then afterwards I would do a shift at a grocery store, like stocking shelves. And Mm -hmm. then I would do the graveyard shift as a veterinary assistant. And I distinctly remember this one time I was coming home from one of those 24 hour days. I was on uh, the train. I know everyone else was going to work and I was going home. And I literally like fell over because I was falling asleep while standing up oh my god <laughs> yeah um so now like I think back on those times whenever I'm struggling with a concept or yeah struggling with a concept of cybersecurity or oh, any blocking point at work and I just think well at least I'm not doing that anymore
0: <laughs> yeah seriously
1: <laughs> and yeah um that period of my life spanned maybe three years um and I was trying to save money wherever I could at Vancouver's market, um, housing market is pretty tough. I mean, not as bad as San Francisco, but it's getting up there. <laughs> a couple of times I actually was renting the closet of like a bedroom mm. and that's not actually unusual. I know other people that have done the same, um, either a closet in someone's bedroom or one of those solariums, like where you're supposed to keep your plants in a condo. Mm. Um, for about 500 bucks a month. Mm. Um, also that I could stay right in the center of the city rather than commuting 45 minutes to do three different jobs. Mm. Um, I thought about doing that in Toronto, but I don't know, maybe it's just with age that I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, although maybe those things weren't the most fun experiences, Um, It also makes me appreciate um, whenever I'm I'm moving forward with my life. And I think um, I'll always take that with me even later on into my career.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I really, I really appreciate you sharing that part of your life with us. I think that so many of us make sacrifices just to, first of all, get by in life. Life is extraordinarily difficult as it is. Um, but also to even make it to the next stepping stone, and I think the the entryway into cybersecurity is rife with financial difficulties, you know, as well as just the the technical uh, gap that you have to cover. And um, many of us have certainly made sacrifices together.
1: Right, and um, yeah, I wanted to share that just because I feel like when I tell people how I got into cybersecurity. I gloss over those kind of details because, um, on the surface, it's like, yeah, I did a program, a three-month program, and then um, a couple months later, I got a job. It's really not that simple. And I know other people I've met at conferences that are transitioning and have children, or they're taking care of um, a relative that's sick. And so, those take up those things take up a lot of bandwidth, both like in terms of time and um, I guess, mental bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And um, people also need to keep that in mind if they're beating themselves up over um, not progressing fast enough because everyone is going through different things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the way you put that is so is so eloquent and, and very true. So thank you for sharing that with us. Of course.
1: Oh, and another thing that I found just starting out was not knowing where to start. Because I did look into a bit into getting into InfoSec two years ago. Um, I asked people what books they read. Somebody gave me a link or a PDF to a book about TCP IP. Hmm. But it, was, it was dry. <laughs> was, it's cool, but it was really dry. And so I had no idea what to do. Once I got into that program that I did, that certificate program, I felt like I had a roadmap And from there, I got to branch out and see what kind of things I wanted to do later on.
0: Hmm.
1: I guess that bleeds into what we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I think if I were to start again, I would have looked into studying for certifications even Hmm. before entering into a school program. So over the break, I went through the A-plus curriculum, Network Plus, and Security Plus. And I feel like things make so much more sense now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So you're getting your master's in cybersecurity. You've just started this job at Deloitte. You've done some amazing work, even understanding how computers work. You understand multiple programming languages. Where do you see yourself in 5, 10, or 15 years? You're off to such an incredible start. And I'm just curious, you know, what you envision for yourself Wow. Um,
1: Well, in five years, hopefully I've finished my master's by that time. And I've got a few more certifications under my belt. Um, My master's program actually has a couple co-op terms. So I'm hoping to expose myself to uh, more traditional companies like Google or Microsoft or something like that. I think in five years, I'd also be in a position to be able to mentor other people. I'm so like inward focused right now that I don't even have time to I wish Beyond um, volunteering at events, like I wish I could give up more of my time, Mm -hmm. but I hope in five years, I'll be able to take a step back and actually be able to help individuals navigate their way through InfoSec. I can answer the 15-year question, and I want to be able to incorporate my biotechnology background or my biochemistry background into cybersecurity. So I want to be able to manage cybersecurity programs for companies like that. I'm really fascinated by anything to do with DNA, so companies like 23andMe, or anyone that deals with genetic information, I think would be really cool. Hmm. Uh, As far as tenure goes, 10 years goes, I'm not really sure. I mean, if anyone out there has advice, (laughs) I would love (laughs) to hear it. But yeah, maybe maybe that exposes a gap in my thinking. I know what I wanna do short-term and super long-term, but in between, I don't know, but maybe that gives me some flexibility as well.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So as someone who is still relatively new to the field, what do you think could be changed? What can we do to make the field better?
1: As a newbie, I think the field's awesome. Um, (laughs) Thankfully, I haven't really experienced much discrimination or any really bad characters. Fingers crossed. Hopefully that doesn't change. Um, one thing that I did notice at the bigger conferences like Black Hat and DEF CON were that sometimes I was still a student and I would line up at a booth to talk to people or obviously get free stuff. <laughs> um, but some people would scan my badge, see that I was a student and just not talk to me. And I think that's a really, that's a huge missed opportunity for companies because you don't know where um, that student will end up in just a year or two. Um, so I think that companies should be more mindful um, when they they have a presence at a conference to remind their staff that everybody that comes up to you is an opportunity, even though maybe it won't benefit you monet- monetarily right away.
0: Definitely. I love that for sure. Okay. And the final question, what advice do you have for people who want to enter the industry?
1: Uh, like I said at the beginning, um, start looking to beginner certifications, I think that'll help things make much more sense, much quicker.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like A plus or network plus?
1: Yeah, I would say A plus, A plus first, then network plus, then security plus. Um, and then people who want to go into pen testing, then go into the certified ethical hacker. Um, and um, all the rest of the advice I have, um, I wanna preface, so I didn't. I don't have student debt. So I worked all through university, Um, I'm relatively young, I don't have kids yet. Um, And my parents let me live at home when I um, went through my transition. So with all that in mind, um, I think everyone's situations are different. And those things that I just listed, I'm very lucky to have had going into my transition. But generally in InfoSec, like there's no secret, you just have to work hard and find time to learn where you can you have to put in the time, like there's no shortcut to being able to learn all everything that you have to learn to be successful. So for example, like I have a one hour commute every day and I preload podcasts about InfoSec or I preload um, material about um, certification um, stuff. Um, during my lunch break, if I'm not hanging out with coworkers, I'm usually going through um, material. And even sometimes, if I wake up early, I try to squeeze in like a page or two of reading. Mm. Um, I think it's more of a habit. So just get into the habit of learning. Um, What else? I would say take advantage or make sure that you have a support system. Right now, especially, actually, even recently, I have a tendency to push people away when I'm focusing. And sometimes you don't realize that it's. Um, taking a toll on your mental health. So Mm -hmm. I would say, make sure to, even if you have to put it into your calendar, make sure you're reaching out to people and hanging out with people, even if it's for an hour or two. And also um, going to events is super important. I don't always feel like networking or talking to people, but I force myself anyway. And more often than not, I'm usually happy that I did. (laughs) (laughs) I actually tend to volunteer at events because I'm more on the shy side It's so much easier for me to talk to people when I have like a purpose in the event rather than just awkwardly standing around and um, mustering up the courage to just talk to somebody because we're interested in the same thing. So if you're shy, I would encourage you to volunteer because it gives you some sort of leverage to be able to talk to people without looking awkward.
0: It's all great advice. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to squeeze in the time to talk to you today. I think it's just really exciting to hear from younger voices in the industry. You know, as we're entering this field, it's just, it's changing so much. It's changing so rapidly. And, you know, as you've touched on, there's just so much that we could be doing. And it's sometimes impossible to really figure out where to even start, where to even dive in. And so your voice today, I think, will make just a tremendous contribution to hopefully helping people figure out exactly how to break into the industry or, you know, understand where the light is at the end of the tunnel. So thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Vanessa. And I think it I commend you guys for doing what you guys are doing with this series, because sometimes when you've been doing something for so long, you forget what it's like to be a beginner. and especially early on when I was looking for advice, sometimes there's a disconnect, like maybe what worked 20 years ago won't work today. And so I think it's super important to be able to get the perspective of people who
0: are just starting out. Definitely, I totally agree. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt.io, a pen testing as a service company. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you enjoy podcasts. And don't forget to say hello. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.